Whenever golf is on, it's like, you, you know, you could talk golf for hours. That's all of us. I love that. It's kind of what I think. I'm going to slide this chair I'll slide this over to okay. you, actually, if you don't mind. And if you want to get cozy, what have you got? Yeah, no, no, this is... I'm a leaner. I'm a leaner. So let's do that. I'm rolling here. How you how you sound, Alfonso? I don't know. Do you you don't want headphones? Do you? No. A lot of people don't like headphones. I don't. I mean, I don't need them because we're right here. Because is it funny that I'm also the technician? You're like, and I'm. I kind of like it. Well, you got to make sure it sounds right. And it kind of it's kind of like an extra level of stress that makes me feel like MacGyver. You know, like for me, I just want to. You just want to talk. We're gonna talk. Jake, okay, I don't know that person. Anyway, welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show. This is a this we're coming in pretty hot. This start here, right in, uh, right in. Guest today, Alfonso. For a long time, I thought your name was Alfonso Ribeiro. Ribeiro. It's Ribeiro. Yeah, simple. and I was totally shocked, and I was well, like, "How did I get that wrong?" The funny thing is, is my baby, my 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 youngest son, is Anders. I knew I, this. I knew. Did we you know about, We talked about. We this. talked about we this. Talked about this. Yeah, a yeah. while back. But yeah, it's Anders. Right. What a great name. I, I mean, mean let's, yeah, just, let's just get I mean, that out of the way. It's a good name. It's a good name. <laughs> Are you saying I need to name my firstborn Alfonso? I'm not saying it, but I would be appreciative if it happened. It's reciprocity. <laughs> okay. it's, uh, if, I, if I play golf with you at your club, I'm of saying, course. I, you yeah. have me, <laughs> and we work it out on yours, right? <laughs> you pay the dues the next time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let's get right into that family. Yeah. You you play golf with your uh, your son's getting into golf. Yes. He's yes. starting to. How old is he? Six five. No, no, just turned five. Okay. Um, and so we played our first full eighteen uh, when he was four. Um, that's, like that's just fast. turned four. Like he was like four in like three months. Okay. Um, and we played our first eighteen holes, and and I mean, let's call it what it is. We both hit our tee shots. We pick up his, drop it. Right. He hits it again. I hit mine. Right. We pick it up. We go to the green, drop it, let him chip if he wants to, let him putt if he wants to, and just kind of make it fun. At this point, it's it's like for, for a kid, all you can do is mess this up. Right. So get out of the way of it. Like as long as it's fun and he's enjoying it, that's all I care. So you're never like – he, if he's like, why is it doing that? You're like, I don't know. I mean or he, do you, or, he doesn't really no. care as long as he hits it. Right. That's all he cares about. If he tops it, <laughs> so what? What's the right? funniest thing he's done? Because like, I'm sure, like etiquette wise, like I've seen, I played in a tournament the other day, and someone okay. didn't know what was going on. And they oh, just, I hate like, that. I yeah. hate that. Like it, it was like, weird. Come on, it was weird. If you're gonna go on a golf course, learn the rules. Walking right in the line, like, and I was just like, uh, I, I don't want to be a jerk, but but see, I I always feel like you're not actually being a jerk when you tell somebody what the rules are. Right. Right? Like, what's the right way of doing it? How now, do you do it? How do you, do you it? can be a jerk <laughs> saying it. Yeah, yeah. You but can... you're not a jerk for saying it. Right. Right? Like, how you say anything is how you determine what the outcome is, right? Sure. Okay. So, for me, if I'm going to tell somebody, I'd be like, oh, oh, um, yo, come here, come here, come here. I'm like, um, so, like, like, you know, I don't want to embarrass, but, like, if you walk where someone's supposed to putt like that's not allowed so just like make sure that you just kind of figure out where everybody is and just don't walk on the line all right whoa i think that's like a, that you taught me a lot right there because i feel like i would say it and i would probably I'm, i feel like i'm pretty smart but i feel like i would still somehow not make them feel okay about what i'm telling them it's just it's it's the it's the reality right so like how do you piss someone off how do you embarrass them right right you embarrass them by making their faults public right. known by everybody keep it secret right so by pulling them over to the side you're still you're doing them a favor like you're you're making you're making it that they're not the one in the group that everybody's like Ugh, right i ain't playing with that dude again yeah you're almost right? like hey i want to uh, share something with yeah, you yeah i'm going to give you a little Got bit a little... of insight so that the next time like right. you're going to be able to like be a better part of this foursome right um, so you got so you got uh, AJ right AJ he's yep. out there with you yep. and then you got your wife out my wife absolutely I, I'm like her coach um, that's awesome which is most people are like dude you're out of your mind you for know, doing that I don't get that well I think like and let me let's just keep it real I think everybody who says that they just have a bad relationship <laughs> <laughs> like calling it what it is right because like yeah I'm like my honeymoon I want to play golf like I want to I want to be able to go to the places that I want to go play. 
and have the person that I want to hang out with the most be there with me. Right. Right? Like, exactly. guys who are like, yo, dude, I just want to get away from the wife. Then why are you married, dude? <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Like, right. what made you... Like, I've always felt like, you know, no one forces you to be with somebody. Mm. Right? Like, this is your choices in life. You right. get to choose who you're with. Right. The only people you don't get to choose is your actual bloodline family coming into it. And right? you could you sort of choose again you, with them. You can choose to not hang with them, right? But you can't right. choose them as your family. Right. But, you're, you know, you get to choose. This is the one person you get to choose. Right. If you're choosing someone you don't want to hang out with, then don't hang out with them and get out of it. So you're, so you're, dude, when you were young, did you ever think you'd be the voice of the PGA Tour or the Champions Tour? Uh, not even, by the way, two weeks before they asked me, I wouldn't have thought. I mean, how cool would is Would I be, you know, the voice or the face in some form? Like, to be an ambassador for the PGA Tour Champions is kind of crazy. It's so cool, dude. But it's really cool because these are guys that I enjoyed when I first started playing golf, right? right? Like, right. when I picked up the game, it wasn't the people who came after no. That I was interested in. I was interested in the guys who were already out there playing and winning and right. and, and the, the legends of the game, right? Yeah. So I get to go to these tournaments now, and I get to play with them and hang out with them oh and God. share. Like, I have their numbers, and I will call them and hang out and talk. Like, this is, like, like it's really cool. I went and played at the Invesco QQQ. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sherwood. This week at Sherwood, and, like... I played with Miguel Angel Jimenez. Ooh. Okay. That's a big one, dude. That's a big bucket list for me. That was a very, very cool day. Yeah. Right? Like, first, he is the most interesting man in the world, right? He's the one of the <laughs> coolest dudes on the planet. But, you know, he's actually given me tips on the golf course no before way. this. We've talked. Like, when I went over and played in the Omega Masters, oh. and he happened to be over. Like, he was doing his European tour stuff. Right. And so he was playing over there then, and we hung out a little then. And, <sighs> and to be able to play with him. And it's like, I do like this impression of him that I really love. I got to hear it. It's like, the, the first day I met him, we, were, we shot a commercial for the tour. And afterwards, you know, I was going to play in the Pro-Am, so I was, like, practicing on the putting green. And uh, we're, in, we're in Houston, so there's a lot of grain. And he goes, he goes, Alfonso, come here. He goes, listen, listen. The grain. I want to teach you the grain. See, if it's into the grain, it's dark. If it's down grain, it's shiny, shiny, down, <laughs> dark, into the grain, slow, fast, <laughs> fast down the hill. Fast, even even uphill, if it's shining, it's fast. Now, you go to the side, and you see if the grain is going the other way. Which way is it going? Is it going left? Is it going right? That means it's going to break a little more to the left or break a little more to the right. So, into the grain, slow. <laughs> Down grain, fast. And I was like, that was awesome! Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> I was like, that was very cool. That was very cool. Did you actually know that tip? or? Yeah, I did. Okay, I did, but I'm... it was still really cool. Because, like, it was him saying it. I actually know that tip, but I feel like I just learned it again for the first time. Right, well, you you forget. We out here in California. But I learned it the right way, I'm saying. We don't play grain. Like, we no, don't, don't have don't grain. We have Polana greens. Like, yeah. you, you very rarely have deep grain in or down. Right. So you're kind of always just playing, like... If you play Poana Greens, you know in the afternoon it's going to be bumpy. You got to hit it a little harder. Right. You play in the morning, you're going to have a pure roll. Yeah, but yeah. we don't play with grain. We know it. Like I've never actually looked at the shiny. No. I go to the cup. Yeah, and like right? which, we've learned that. Watch, watch the way the grass is kind of right. So yeah. like which edge, the yeah. edge of the cup, which edge is sharp yeah. and which edge is kind of you know just kind of beat up a little bit. Yeah. Well, the beat up is the direction the grain is going. Right. Yeah, right. That so, drives me crazy. Right. But I'm like, I ain't gonna go to the cup every time no. to look at the grain. Like, I, I, I don't have time for that. I'm trying to play fast. I'm Alfonso. You know what I mean? I'm moving. Right. I'm right. out there moving, baby. Right. So, um, so that was you know hearing it that way was actually very cool because it's like you really, like you can just kind of walk up to the green. Yeah. And have a perspective as to whether your ball is down grain or into the grain. I have a quick uh, mechanic story. Okay. So we were in uh, at Wentworth, and okay. I, my job was to go in and do interviews with tour players. That's mostly my job. And it's a pretty um, cool job. It's a cool job. Like yeah. like you, I never would have guessed. Right. right? I feel like right. totally random. But <laughs> exactly. I but I every minute I'm like this is amazing. The hardest part of my job though is by far it, being tasked with um, needing to get interviews from players while they're mm -hmm. working. Right. 
Like it would be like if you're like literally about to do a take. And, and then I'm like, oh, Alfonso, can to... I get a second with you? You're yeah. like, uh, dude, I'm actually working. Right. Like right now. Right, right, right. But for some reason, that's the job I'm in. And you know, it's kind of like uh, Captain Kurtz in Apocalypse Now. Like mm-hmm. no one knows my mission, but I'm there. And anyway, I go up to, uh, you know, uh, Miguel and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm obviously, a, you know, you're, you're a hero of mine. I can I just ask you three quick questions? I work for the PGA Tour. And he like looks me literally up and down, doesn't say anything. And then he goes, no, I need me time. And then he just walked away from me. And I was like, honestly, I feel totally seen. Yeah. And I totally respect his his needs. Yeah. I mean, look, at you know, the the there is the other side, right? Like you we all forget that they're all kind of superstitious. Yeah. Oh, right. Crazy. And they have rituals. They have a way in which they do it every day. Right. Right. They wake up at a certain time. They eat certain foods. They show up at a certain time before their tea time. Right. And they are mapped out. They're, you know, he does his stretches. He does, right? <laughs> like by the time he gets to the first tea, he's accomplished 25 things that right. he does every time. So now all of a sudden, those three questions, as little as it might be, the three or four minutes that it might take, just kind of gets them off of their routine. I agree. You don't want to get to the first tee and be like, and hit a shot into the woods and be like, I shouldn't have done that interview. Right. And you don't want to be that interview that the guy actually did it with. I think I'm going to quit my job. I feel like I need need to resign. No, I always say this. The key to it is, can you do it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? That's the ideal. That's the ideal. Right? Like, Like, the... You know, I play in a bunch of different tournaments, right? So yeah. I play obviously. You're always in, playing in a tournament. I play. I play. I love it. I, I love. I love. But the the celebrity stuff is very different than when you play with the tours, right? Right. With the celebrity stuff, there's very little stuff going on Monday through Thursday, right? Right. And then you get to Friday, and it's like not only do you have golf, but you have all of the nighttime events that you are expected to show up. Yeah, at. it's rude if you don't go. No, it's like you may not get invited again. You, you straight up have to. If yeah. you don't oh, go. Right. Right. So your weekend when you're actually playing golf is when you're the most busiest. Oh. Then you go play the AT&T or the BMW or Pure First Tee or whatever, and it's like you have all these parties Monday through Thursday. Right. And then you get to Friday, because obviously it's a three-day deal for the Champions Tour, or Thursday when you're doing the AT&T, and now you have nothing planned for every night. Right. So now it's like, now it's about golf. Right. And it's like, duh. <laughs> right? Like, you get it. Like, they've. It's about golf. It's right. not about the parties. The parties are in the beginning of the week. Yeah. You know? So it's a very different world, but I, but I appreciate it when I go to the, the PGA or Champions or whatever, or the BMW web.com. When I go to those events, I'm always like, yeah, because now it's like I can just, I can literally dive into the golf and just focus. Right. Dude, I'm like, I have like so many things I want to ask you. Uh, <laughs> first of all, can, are you going to be able to fix the AC? Like, what's going on with that? Just go in. Just, we're, in we're in our friend David's office. Yes, uh, yes. Really our, our friend. It, it literally is our, our friend. friend. Yeah. Um, uh, dude, so so I, I couldn't find how you got into golf. And, and from what I can tell, you were 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I think, were either just about to start or had just started, uh, you know, the breakout role in Fresh Prince. Right, right, right. Um, it was before the breakout role. So it was, it was before that. Yeah, it was just it was that same year, but it was before it. And uh, and you're living where are you living? I'm How living you? out here in California. Okay, so you, um, you moved out from Manhattan. You know, I mean, uh, well, the Bronx, but the Bronx, I was okay. in the Bronx. But I, I was out here. I'd already been out here for a while. Then did Silver Spoons sure. and sure. and uh, some other stuff. But um, a bunch of buddies. Bunch of guys, good good bros, were like, "Yo, let's go to the driving range." I was no like, way. What's the driving range? We're gonna go play golf. I was like, What's golf? Right. I had no clue. Because you grew like, up in the city. Yeah, I mean, there was no golf. Yeah. What like, did your parents had, do, by the way? You know, my my uh, my dad was a correctional officer. At no Sing shit. Sing. Uh, Austin, Sing up in, Sing. Yeah, which is the you know <laughs> yeah. major penitentiary upstate. upstate New York. Yeah, I drove by. I grew up in New Jersey. Um, so, oh, so you know, yeah, absolutely. And my mom was a director of nursing at a nursing home. My mom's a nurse. Um, so wow. And dad didn't work in a jail. Yeah, yes, but, but you know, you know, but you, uh, but you I, drove past. I, but I almost went to one. Yeah, but, so let's well, <laughs> You know, <laughs> That's but so cool. they were just like, let's go do it, and and we went to the Studio City Driving Range uh, right uh, here, Witsit, Witsit, as we call it. Yeah. Um, 
got some balls. My but my buddies had some clubs, um, and of course, like you know, anybody who's starting, you start out with the driver, right? Yeah, because yeah. You, you don't know any better, right? You don't, right. You don't need the driver. No, but, hey, time out. So when you're starting at this time, it, this is um, like what, what year is this? Like uh, this late is 80s like or early eighty nine, ninety. Okay, so it is right late in there. And do you have a preconceived notion about golf? No idea. You just have nothing. You nothing. don't love or hate. Nope. You just have no idea. Nothing. I was like, let's go do something new. Okay. Okay, let's try it. Okay. I teed the first one in the ground, right, on the little tee that they have, you know, on the little plastic thing. And I pull out the driver, and I hit it dead center range right over the fence. Oh, wow. You're the chosen one. Everybody was like, <laughs> what? Do it again. Right. Dead center. No. Straight over the fence. No. Do it again. <laughs> Pop it down. Dead center, straight over the fence. First three shots ever swinging the club was perfect 280-yard drive. You know, because that's a very tall fence. Right. But I'm yeah. blasting it over Just the straight fence. Straight over it. Straight over the fence. I'm My balls ended up into par three. Yeah. Right? That's, oh, that's awesome. The, I didn't hit one near the center of that fence for a year. <laughs> After. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, dead right. Did you have a good swing in the beginning? I didn't have a good swing. I just simply played baseball as a kid. Right. And great hand-eye coordination. No idea why or how or what I was doing. My boys was like, just hold it like this. All right. And right. just swung. I swung as hard as I could. And I caught it dead center of the face with what seemed like a really good swing. Right. And my boys were like, "You are bulling." Yeah, yeah, I can't believe that. Bull s, you know Cause, you because what are you they? You know like? you've played this before. I was like, I've never swung before. I have no clue. Well, they wouldn't what I'm even doing. believe you. No, they wouldn't believe. Well, they did at the end of the night because I didn't hit one. Because they're like again, medium well. golf. They're like 10, right. No, they were they were like twenty five handy. Do you still play with these guys? Some of them I I, I oh, see every once great. in a while. One of them I see every once in a while, um, and we get out and play every once. Do in a while. Do you think of him like your Eskimo? Like like because. It was him. It was him. Yeah, my buddy Mike Socia. Mike Socia. Yep, yep. My, he's a, he was a writer on Fresh Prince. No um, shit. He he works with uh, with Kevin James now. Oh, cool. He just did. He's done all his shows. Um, and uh, fantastic writer, young guy. Now I guess we're not. None of us are young anymore. But uh, shout out to Mike Socia. Yeah, yeah. For he, getting you and into he golf. He got me into golf. Because I mean, I think from what I can tell, you believe that golf has uh, given you more than you could ever put back into it, or something. I, there's no way that I could ever repay the game for what it's given me. It'd be impossible. Like it the the love, the joy, um, the passion, uh, you know, career wise what it's given me. Um, you know, I think that, you know, as we as we dive into this more, what golf gave me was purpose when I wasn't working. So after Fresh Prince and in the house and I'm directing a little bit, but things are not what I wanted them to be. Going to the golf course for me was everything. Like it, it gave me a secondary purpose. Waking up, right? We, you wake up. You got your family. You got your, you know, your your job. Most people, unfortunately, they it's all their job, right? They wake up to go to work, you know, and they kind of spend some time with their family in between. Golf gave me that separator, that ability to like, okay, I'm gonna go work on this today. I'm gonna go be better at something. I'm going to go work hard and continue because I can't, you know, and, I, and I've said this before in different interviews, imagine for a second you were so good at doing a job that the world told you you couldn't do it again. That's getting typecast as Carl. Whoa. Right? So I was so good at it, made people believe that that's who I was, that, no, that they would no longer let me work. Whoa. So... I had to find something that I could be passionate about that I could spend time working on and and allow that creativity that I was no longer allowed to have uh, go somewhere. And go, originally it was it was car racing. And then I had my daughter and I gave up racing cars um, and I became, you know, just a fanatic with golf. Um, and so it, it, it played a really important part of my life during years that were difficult. Yeah. That sounds really hard. Um, Andrew, can you give me that question from the phone? Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a second. But you, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to hear about, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm. Well, first of all, let's ask this question. Okay. Um, uh, you, you brought it up, like this sort of, this sort of career difficulty, which mm-hmm. I would never have thought about, and I, for some reason, I didn't find it in my research. But that's so interesting to hear, because I would imagine, like, I did hear you talking about, like, people coming to me and be like, "Hey, dance." Right. Like, I would literally be like, "Hang on, let me load my gun." <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to dance for you. Yeah. You dance first. But yeah. this is one friend. My friend Benny sent this question in. Um, for those of us on the other side of the TV screen, right. fame looks super fun and easy. I doubt that it is. What are the things you wish people understood more about being a famous personality? Um, I think that people have this idea that it's all positive. Mm. That like everything about having people like you or you know wanting to talk to you or wanting to take pictures with you is all positive. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some wonderful aspects of that, right? But it ain't all positive. When you go and you want to have dinner with your wife and some fan is super excited and you kind of almost have this obligation to acknowledge them and give them what they want of you to want to just be with your wife and have dinner and have a lovely meal somewhere is no longer acceptable. You are an a-hole if you don't give them <laughs> what they want out of you. Right. Right. So the fans' expectation of you is something you can never live up to. You are constantly letting people down. That's got to be hard. To simply have moments of your own. Because well, everybody wants of you more than what you're willing to give. So I had a situation where I was just working in London, and they were like, oh, you know, we want you to come in, and we're going to play the Tom Jones song. And I went, no, and let me tell you why. I am not going to do it full out. You're thinking that it's going to be this wonderful moment for the fans, and the fans are actually going to be disappointed because I'm not going to give them their own expectation of me. Whoa. And if you don't give them their expectation, you've let them down, you've defeated the purpose. Hmm. So the hardest part is simply the positive and the negative. It's the fans. Right. Great fans are great. Yeah. But they're not all great fans. Not everybody gets it, and not everybody's willing to simply walk up to you and say, dude, I love you, and keep it moving. That's the best one, right? There's nobody better. Baller, I'm out. Dude, keep it moving. <laughs> like you, you look to that dude or, or or girl, and you're like, "Love you, thank you, N- number love for you." Right? Because you know, I don't want it to ever sound wrong. Like it's no. it's 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 always like su- I'm super appreciative of what I have been able to do with a fan base that loves you. Right? right? But you but you can never give them enough. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. So the hardest thing to me is 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 the constant feeling that you're letting people down by not giving them what they expect of you. And that's got to be so tough because when I look at you and when I've seen you around and we've spent some time together, mm-hmm. I can tell you don't want to let people down. I don't. I do. You don't. You need I to. Will. You need to. You have to, or you'll go crazy. I mean, it just—it is what it you'll is. You'll turn into a crazy. But person. I, you know, I, I, I do want to acknowledge their feelings, right? Like I remember, you know, people who I adored in my life, and not all of them were great. Hmm. Not all of them in reality. Shit, in my own reality, right? Like <laughs> right. not all of them were, you know, wonderful to me, right? As I felt something for them. And I know the I know the feeling on the other side, right. right? But that also is what gave me the perspective. I was like, "Wow, that person just let me down." But wait a minute, Al, what <laughs> did they do differently than what you do? Whoa! Like they did exactly what you do. So right. who's wrong here? Yeah, are they wrong, or is my expectation of what I wanted from that person wrong? Yeah. So that gave me the ability to just kind of. Just be on the other side for yeah. a second and go, wow, yeah, that sucked, but I get it. Yeah, learning. Got it. Like it's, it um, is what it is. I want to take a quick break and then when we, I'm just gonna do a quick ad, but I want to, I want to show you something on my computer that okay. I found that had us all cracking up when we found it, okay. and I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna dig it. So just hang on one sec. 
All right, Precision Pro, everybody. A lot of you slip into the DMs over there, and you ask me what the best rangefinder is. The answer is it's the Precision Pro. Now, I used to say it was the NX7, but not anymore. Precision Pro Golf is the makers of award-winning golf rangefinders. Literally award-winning, folks. Do not get the words twisted, okay? Uh, they save golfer strokes on the course and save dollars in the wallets. Because the truth is, the dollars should stay in the wallets. Well, I guess, no, I guess they're supposed to leave the wallet. But the point is, you want them to leave as slowly as possible. So the point is, Precision Pro is excited to announce the all-new NX9. We didn't even mess with the NX8. We went straight to the 9 NX9 HD rangefinder, skipped the 8, straight over to the 9. I went from par to eagle like that, okay? Anyway, it's their most advanced rangefinder ever with a wider and brighter display. I love things that are wider and brighter. It's an iPhone screen, whatever you want to call it, projector. I don't know, fairways. Just give me something that's wider and brighter. It uh, delivers incredibly fast measurements. I can say from personal experience, that is true. There's also a built-in magnet. Oh, I love magnets too. Uh, that allows golfers to securely attach the NX9 to the cart or even an iron so that the rangefinder is always within reach for every single swing. You can pick up the all-new NX9 HD rangefinder for $20 off. All you got to do is use the promo code ERIC. That's E-R-I-K on the website, precisionprogolf.com. The NX9 HD comes with a lifetime battery replacement. Whoa! I need lifetime battery replacement. How is annoying is it when you show up and your rangefinder's dead? Well, this one never dies, okay? It's like Liam Neeson in this bitch. Sorry, I didn't mean to curse. But anyway... <laughs> The NX9 comes with a HD lifetime battery replacement services and a... Wow, I messed that up. I'm going to start over. <laughs> the NX9 HD comes with a lifetime battery services replacement, battery replacement services and a two-year warranty. Two years. You're not even going to live that long. This rangefinder is going to outlive you on all scales. Anyway, it's the NX9, and it's all part of the industry-leading customer service that Precision Pro Golf delivers to every customer. I have never heard a bad word about Precision Pro since I've been recommending it personally. So you heard it here first, folks. Get your $20 off the NX9 HD or any Precision Pro uh, rangefinder that's great. Coupon code ERIC, E-R-I-K, at PrecisionProGolf.com. Last words, y'all. Swing with confidence. Hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. All right. One more read, folks. Adidas. Over 5 million pieces of plastic are floating in our oceans, which over time, get broken down, making it easy for sea life to ingest, ultimately affecting our own food chain. So it is your problem. It's not just a world problem. It's you. It affects you. Adidas is working with Parlay to prevent plastic entering our oceans and transform it into high-performance sportswear. Mm -hmm. Shoes is coming soon. Just hold on. Hold your hats, folks. I'm not even done with the ad. Stop trying to figure out what I'm going to say. Adidas is spinning the problem into what? A solution. The thread into a thread. I don't know what that means. It's written here. It says the thread into a thread. I don't know who wrote this. Adidas Golf is bringing eco innovation to the golf course in a, the form of a special edition shoe. All right, this is legit, actually. This is the first time the Parlay shoe has been uh, a golf shoe. I've had it in... Um, form of a running shoe. I mean, look, it's a it's a sick shoe that serves a purpose, okay? That's where you get it. Um, the Tour 360 XT Parlay, the first ever golf shoe. Oh, look, they already wrote it for me. The first ever golf shoe made from uh, recycled. Oh, no, it's not called recycled. It's called upcycled. I don't know what that is. I feel like I should probably Google that. Upcycled plastic waste that was intercepted like Jason Bourne from the Beaches and coastal communities before reaching the ocean. Dang, I didn't realize this is Jason Bourne's golf shoe. Intercepted. I mean, the, I'm a golf guy, but I also love football. Who doesn't love a classic interception? Especially when it's Jason Bourne saving planet Earth. Entire upper of the shoe is made with threads spun... It's also a DJ. Amazing. From the upcycled plastic waste. My phone's ringing. It's Andrew Marler. Hang on. All right. Well, that was a 20-minute phone call, but you have no idea. It just went by like that. 
Um, anyway, the Tour 360 XT Parlay, the first ever golf shoe made from upcycled plastic. I already read this because it's got the intercepted line. Intercepted from beaches and coastal communities in a world before reaching the ocean. The entire upper of the shoe is made from thread spun from upcycled plastic waste. Built is built as the Tour 360 XT, you still get great traction and stability. I feel like, what's that line from Taken? I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> they will take you. Available starting June 10th at adidas.com. And for those headed to the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, a select number of pairs will be sold on site. Get into it, folks. All right, back to the show. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. All right, we're back. So we, I was, I was like... This just crack, it cracked me up. Like okay. I, I loved seeing that. You're, are you guys? I'm are like, you, what? What? What's like, coming? What, what's what coming? are we about to look at? <laughs> um, well, I mean, obviously you're a dancer. Well, what? I can dance. You can dance, but you're not a dancer. No. Wait. So before I show you, have you seen what I'm about to show you? you I, I ended up looking. You at did the see words. the title? I saw the title. <laughs> All right, he knows what I'm about to show you. What I'm <laughs> about to show you? Do you want to see it? I mean, I've... when was the last time you saw this? Uh, 1984. I think I saw it. About a month ago. You really did? Yeah. Somebody, I was playing in a golf tournament, and Somebody did the same thing I did? did the same thing. They ah, kinda, fuck it. I'm not going to show you. They kind of walked up and were like, dude, dude, that's you. I was like, yeah. Well, here's the thing. You don't need to see it then, but but what made me crack up was, this is before you started playing golf. Mm-hmm. Well, you got hella yeah. moves, and in this commercial, you 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 moonwalk into Michael Jackson. Right. Yeah. Which is like... Have have more than one person ever done that? I don't think so. I don't. I think I I've got that one locked down. I think, <laughs> I think I was the, the, only the only person that walked into Michael Jackson. And by the way, I don't know. You're 13 at the time. I was 12. 12. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, 10 out of 10 moonwalk. It was. I was. You know, the here's the crazy thing, and this is why I say I'm not a dancer. I'm a mimic. Oh. Uh, okay. Okay. A dancer is someone who learns to do the moves and fully learns how or the technique and what they're actually doing. I'm a mimic. Just show me what it looks like. Wow. And then I'll do it, right? The interesting part is, and I've said this on different interviews, but I do all of my Michael Jackson moves backwards. I don't understand. Michael was my mirror. Oh, wow. So Michael's leg, he's using his right leg, and I'm using my left leg. <laughs> and vice versa, right? right, right. So everything I do, I do the opposite side because I was using him as my mirror. Yeah, but see, you're, you're trying to like, I mean, you're amazing. Don't, don't try to, you're, you're a really, really incredible dancer. Thank you. you but you I just... will always say that I'm not a dancer because, I mean, I get, it, it's like saying, you know, just because you can sing, are you a singer? Uh, okay. All right. I see what you're saying. Right. Well, like, but it I was doesn't like, make you like just because I can golf, right? Like, am I a golfer? Like, golf is a little different in that kind of we all are golfers. Sure. But realistically, like, if you're not doing it at the at that level, you're an amateur and you're kind of doing at golf, right? Pretty close. Yeah. But not it. Right. So, I mean, I was going to ask you this separately before we even got into this conversation, but wh- how would you describe yourself? Not to anybody else, but what do you, when you think of you, when you're, when you're thinking of yourself. I'm an entertainer. That's it. That's it. And so that Simply can fall, put, that can happen on the golf course, can that happen, can happen. It happens everywhere in my life. Right. Right. My goal is to entertain people. Yeah. Sometimes that requires me singing. Sometimes that requires me dancing. Sometimes that requires me being funny and acting. Sometimes I'm hosting. Sometimes I'm just being silly on a golf course. Right. And by the way, all of the professional golfers, they're also entertainers. They're entertaining people with their golf. Exactly. Right? Hitting amazing shots. Yes, there's a sports aspect. Yes, there's a competition going on at the same time. But at the end of the day, anything that anything that's on TV that people are watching is about entertainment. Right. Right? NBC doesn't just have a uh, a golf tournament and it's just the competition. 
It's about how do you entertain with this sport. And every one of those golfers, Tiger Woods is an entertainer. Right. He makes you feel something when he hits a ball. Justin Rose makes you feel something. Zach Johnson makes you feel something because you go, that's the guy who can't hit it as far, yet he can still go out there and win. Right. right? There's different ways of entertaining. I simply look at myself as an entertainer. I love that. I, I say that when I'm playing bad golf. Well, <laughs> you entertaining somebody. Colt's Colt heard me say that. When I'm really playing bad, I'm like, look, I'm just here to entertain. Yeah, I'm right? entertaining. I mean, we're, we're going to make some jokes today. Um, you, uh, you, uh, dude, I'm so inspired by that. What, what's, what's in the bag? What do you got in the bag? In the bag. I'm playing pink. And you, um, they, they send it to you for free, right? You're not paying I, for it. So I used to be all Nike. Okay. Um, and then when Nike stopped making clubs, I was like, well, who am I going to go with? Yeah. The, the weirdest part of it was the year that they stopped making clubs was the first year they really made great stuff. Yeah, it's true. Right? Like it was the finally, it was like, yes. Did you talk to a lot of players on tour about that? Oh, like absolutely. Fina, Fina and everybody, oh, yeah. they were like stressed. Everybody was like, well, what are we going to do? Yeah, thanks. I was, I, was, uh, I was on the range up at Pebble Beach with, um, with Stephen Ames. Mm. Stephen Ames still has the blue-headed... <laughs> the driver, right? No, no, the, but, the, the, but the fairway wood. The three-wood, right? right. The three-wood. Right. So I was like, dude, really? That's he was like, yo, dude. Doesn't Fleetwood... Yeah, I, think I thought so. I saw Fleetwood have he that. He might have had the, yeah. yeah, the the uh, like that right. the last one that was really really good. It was a good club. Yeah, and they finished. Yeah, right. So I I looked at a bunch of different options. Um, you know, I looked at the Callaway, I looked at the TaylorMade. Um, you know, part of it for me was I didn't want to just go find clubs. I wanted to build a relationship with there a company. Go. Um, I had you know was talking with PXG. Um, and they were horrible to me. And no so shit. I was like, peace. Good for you. Um, good for you. Is that hard to do business wise? Like, like, is that hard? Is that... For me, not. No. Yeah. I mean, not right it's, now. It, it's about relationship. Yeah. Right. Like, I feel like I bring something very different to the table than what the average person brings or the, yeah. e- or even the professional brings. Sure. Right. Like, what the professional brings is their play is going to determine how people view their clubs. Yeah. That's not me. I'm an amateur, right? A decent amateur, but you're going to see it. Very decent. You're going to you, see it in commercials. Plus, you were a plus one? I was a plus two at one point. Plus two. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very, very, very good. That was when I was really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm less good. Um, but, um, you know, so I felt like, you know, hey, I'm not only, I'm not asking for anything for free. Mm. I'm not asking, and I was like, I can buy clubs. Yeah. That's not what, I, yeah. what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a relationship with a company that, we can support each other, mm-hmm. and I can do things for them that in an area that wouldn't normally happen. Every commercial I do for the PGA Tour champions, either my clubs or my bag or whatever is sitting there in sure. one of the shots. And so you're gonna that's that's free advertisement yeah. for your company. Um, so I don't want it for free. Right. I just wanted a relationship, and the relationship didn't happen there. Um, but then Ping called me, and and they could not have been better. Oh, they cool. have been. When I say over the moon, amazing, um, like unbelievable. I mean, if if like you know, I catch a rock, you know, you know, a pebble or something, and I and it chips the the face of the club or whatever. It's like I got one in the mail within two days. They like no without even telling. Well, them. I, I call them, but they were like, listen, if there's anything, right. please call. That's like, cool. Like, we will send you the stuff. We want you to be happy. They gave my wife a set of clubs. They were like, if your kids want clubs, we'll get them, take care of them, too. I'm like, they're not ready for, like, big clubs, but eventually... Are you going to get them some clubs, though? You should. I mean, they have clubs. They have, like, you know, kids' clubs. Going back to the family thing, I you know, I wanted to go with that. Like, like accessibility in golf, do you ever ever struggle with that? Like, you know, because, I mean, I think it's so cool that, you know, you're out there with your family and your kids. Um, I know you probably play a lot of golf. I know probably you have a hard time scheduling golf with people that you really do want to play with. Right. Oh, how do you deal with some of this stuff? Because, you know, I mean, I was a member of Wilshire for three years. Right. I just canceled my membership. Okay. And it was a big deal for me. Cause right, right. Because the last thing I needed to be was incentivized to play more golf when I'm in L.A. Because I'm here 40 or 30% of the year. Right. What do I, I need? I can't, I, can't, I can't need to play golf to bring down a one-time. You know what I mean? Like, well, it just wasn't the right math for me. But anyway, now I'm excited to go play for me, like, like I said earlier, this is this is the extra thing that I get to be passionate about, right? Like, if I'm playing in a tournament, I'm you'll see me at the practice area for two, three weeks before the tournament, like gearing up on all 
of the areas of my game that I'm slacking. Like, right. you know, we have our Tahoe event every year up in, in, you know, the American Century Championship. Oh, people are like, oh, that's right, it's summer. <laughs> Al He's is, out. Al is getting his game getting tight ready. before going up there. And, and, that's, and so it's, it's passion to me. And now it, it is a business for me. Sure. Right? So there is a business side. And that's of, been the last couple of years. Of this in the last few years. Yeah. Um, so there is the other side of it for me. But this is, this is about passion. Like there's, there's no number that I wouldn't spend for golf. That's, do you ever think about that? Like if you had all the money on one table of everything you've ever spent on golf? Oh, it it's frightening. Yeah, it's a lot. It's frightening. It's a lot of money. It's a lot. Right? Like, and it's a lot I'm for a everybody. member of two clubs. Wait, two? Lakeside yes, and? and Porter Valley Country Club. Oh, okay. But that's because I'm, I used to live in Toluca Lake. I moved up, you know, near right. Porter Valley. And my thing was, I want to be able to have a place yeah. that I can just literally run over and go hit balls and work on my game or whatever real quick. Yeah. And that happened to be the nearest golf course to my house. I was like, I'm joining. Right. You know, and it's, you know, I'll spend the money because, you know, w- w- what is happiness worth? Right? Like, a, a there's life, no yeah. number. No. Right? There's no number that you say you would spend to be happy. What if, if you're in a relationship with, you know, for me, my wife, what would I spend to make her happy? There's no number. Well, there's no specific number that I would put on that. I want her to be happy. I want I want my wife to to wake up every morning and feel blessed to be alive and in the world that we're living in. And individually, you know, people say it all the time. It's like that people spend more time making other people happy than they do themselves because they don't even know what makes them happy. Right. I know what makes me happy. <laughs> wow. Like I've got such a leg up on the average person on this planet like I know what makes me happy and I know who makes me happy where's my problem yeah 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 you know like right now it's like my back is out I'm like I'm unhappy because I can't go to the golf (laughs) (laughs) so you're good enough to uh play golf and you know speaking of happiness right you're you're good enough to play golf and probably be dissatisfied with an eighty or whatever it is, or seventy five. How do you deal with I'd be those very, very unsatisfied with an eighty? Very unsatisfied. <laughs> very, very unsatisfied. Very <laughs> You'll say nothing like it. Um, how do you uh, how do you deal with those difficult days? Like like how do you get yourself through Well you know? I I everything in life is a lesson. Right? Every day there's something to learn, you know, to take you into the next day, right? Um, bad days are the best days to make you better. So you use them as an opportunity. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. In, the, but in the moment, you got to get pissed. Yeah. But I, I was funny. I was, when I was up at Pebble, I was talking to Jerry Kelly and his Great wife guy. and his, and his trainer were like, dude, like leave the table. Um, because <laughs> I was telling him, I'm like, dude, you got to just get it out. Right. Like for me, I just got to get it out of my body. Like that pent up energy. Just get it out. Rah! Now go hit your next shot. Right. Get it out. Let it go. Let yeah. it out and let it go and move on. Because any negative energy that you take into the next swing is going to have a negative outcome, even if you hit it well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's impossible to separate the two. You can't. Um, so you got to get it out. And it's it's really, for me, that's that's the beauty of what, of 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 the game for me. That's the like just like okay, let it go. Let's move on. Let's get let's let's think about the next shot. Um, you know, I'm 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 in my head. I'm I'm kind of a maniac when it comes to this game. Like truly like like way over the top analytical, you know, about it all. Um, but that's my passion. That's why I think that's why I got good. It's also why I've gone through five different golf swings. That's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. Right? And, you know, I'm constantly in search of better, right? Like, I used to be so mad at Tiger for for changing his swing, and then I realized, hey, dummy, you've kind of done the same thing. (laughs) You you know, you were a plus two and changed your swing. Hang on one second. So why do people – I've actually done the same thing, though. When I, I had my best round ever, then I literally call my swing coach immediately. Right. What, the, what is that? That is the, I believe, the idea like, oh, I finally got it. Do I? 
Right. Right? right. Like, you need someone to validate that it wasn't a fluke. Right. That's why you would call your guy, right? And, and what happens with me is I'll, I will be working on a swing thought, and I will call my guy and be like, this is what I'm working on. Is that good? Right. Like, right. is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's working. Yeah. You just played great. It's great. It's working. Yeah. Why? Shut up. Why do we do that? Be, well, don't we all have a little bit of insecurity and we all want to, like, have someone validate what we're doing and that we're, that we're right and that we're kind of working on the right things? And am I going down a road that's going to make me really bad later? And I don't want to do that because I don't know that much. But we, we yeah. need that extra thought. Like, it's crazy to watch Tiger Woods without a coach. It's frightening. Because the extra set of eyes is what everybody has used from the beginning of this game to get better. And yet he's like, done with all that. I'm the guy. I know (laughs) what what it takes to hit a good golf ball to to make a good shot. And I'm not going to be technical anymore. I'm just going to go do it. And since no one has ever played with a fused back, they can't tell me what works and what doesn't. Like, that's what he's saying. Well, Stacey Lewis. Stacey Lewis. That's all. That's all. all. but, But you're right. But I'm, you know, You're right. for him, yeah. with his no one's been speed, Tiger Woods before. No one's been Tiger. No one's been Tiger, no one's been Tiger Woods. That's for sure. And and so the 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 desire to get better. I mean, I was a plus two, and I and I and I changed my swing. But 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 Man. by the way, did you struggled for a while? I'm sure I struggled for a long time. A year or two, which which was painful when when you got to a plus two. Uh. The re, the but the reason was, I got to a plus two, and the first thought I had was my body's not gonna hold up. Right. Well, you know, because that's the thing is that, is that a lot of times you get taught a swing that is not sustainable. It, I was like, my body's not gonna hold up. Who's teaching you now? Um, a combination. Of, oh boy. Well, he's got, he's got a cocktail. Well, it's a cocktail only because my my uh, the, the head pro at Lakeside, sure, Kevin Bailey, is always there to kind of like back it up and yeah. and you know if I need eyes, like immediately he's the guy. But the other person is Drew Steckel. Who works with um, Pat Perez, Jason right. Kokrak, um, Kevin Na, Ryan Moore, William McGirt, like a bunch of these guys. A lot out of there interesting swings in there. Yeah, and they're yeah. all very different, which is very interesting. I love Kevin Na's swing. Yes, it, well, his is the his would be the swing that Drew Steckel would say that's my swing. Mm. That's the one that I <laughs> oh, really? teach, right? But I but I will work with you on your swing. Yeah, on your Ryan he, Moore. Right, like he doesn't say. I need to complete. Like he's not Butch. He's not saying no. this is my technique. Yeah. If you know, you know Hank Haney. These are this is my technique, and you will have to unlearn everything you have ever learned in your golf swing for me to be your coach. He's not that guy. He's like there are some basic fundamentals that need to happen. Right. The club needs to be here at this point in the swing. However, you need to get it there. Is what you need to do to get it there. We're just going to do whatever it is to make sure it's there. Right. Like, and he's brilliant. That's great. When it comes to understanding the body and understanding new and different ways to get your brain to connect to the information. He will give you the same technical advice five different ways to get you to understand it. He is not just coaching the swing and the technique. He's coaching the brain. And he's coaching the understanding of language. If you don't understand how your brain works, if he doesn't understand how your brain works and how you get, you know, some people feel like they got to take the club out here, but they're actually taking it here, right? But it just feels that way. So the understanding between what your perception is and the actual are completely two separate things, but one person has to be able to analyze them both and give you the information to fix it. That's what Drew is able to do. Is this? I'm beginning to feel like a lot of people have different reasons for playing golf and different sort of favorite aspects of the game. Is for you one of the favorite aspects of the game sort of the 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 construction of the golf swing itself? Absolutely. That's it's interesting that you that you connected to that because that's absolutely one of my loves of the game, which is why I would mess with it as a plus two, right? right, Be, right because right. like understanding it is. As enjoyable as doing it. Right, right, right. Me being able to teach my wife is, I understand it. Now, can I express it into her brain? Right. Which then sometimes is a mirror for me. Whoa. 
because now, oh, you didn't understand it that way. Is that because I'm not saying it right, understanding it right, or I'm not delivering it in a way that you can understand it? Right. They're, they're all working simultaneously and <laughs> figuring out which one and how you're working it and understanding, you know, what's your body type? Every swing has a, every body type has a different proper swing for it, right? Like, yeah. if you're tall and lanky, the last thing you need to have is an arm swing. Right. You need to quiet those arms as much as possible because you're going to be all over the place. You're making me want to hit the range so bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I literally just want you to know, go. Like, even putting. Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started. Even with putting, right? Don't get me started. Everybody has a different putting technique. I just went but, to Vegas for a putting uh, competition. Okay. Anyway. How'd you do? Uh, we'll move past 15th. 15th okay. out of 70th. That's good. That's pretty good. That's uh, good. 20th, 25th. We slid down after we finished. What? Things happen. Things happen after know? we left. But like putting yeah. is, you know, understanding speed and line and how to make that happen. Yeah. You know, how to get the club where you want it. Do you like playing with a caddy? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I love playing with a caddy. You prefer it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't always use them. No. <laughs> right. But I mean, how but many I chances? Love how many chances will you give your caddy to give you a read? Um, I'll, I kind of know the ones that I get reads from and the ones that okay. I don't. But not a lakeside. Like a lakeside. I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking if like... If I play somewhere else, I give, them, I give them two shots. Two pops. I get You get two shots <laughs> to read it right. <laughs> and then from I was that like, point I'm forward, out. I got this. I got this. Because here's the thing. 95% of the time, I'm better than the caddy. Yeah, they don't know. I mean, no right? offense to any caddies listening no, no, to the no. podcast. I'm just saying. <laughs> 95% of the time. Andrew caddies in Bel Air. Okay, right. Yeah. So, but 95% of the time, I'm better as a as a two handicap. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be better than 95% of the caddies in the world. Both playing, reading, course breakdown, all of it. Yeah. All of it. Right. But right. even but when I go to when I go to a different course and I'm using a caddy, what I'm using them for is their local knowledge. Right. 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 What happens here differently than my eyes see? Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah. Right? Don't like, give me the overall read. Right. But yeah. like, A, at Pebble Beach, the first certain number of holes, first 10 holes, everything is going to the water. Yeah. Right? A lot of back to front greens. Right. And everything's going to the water. So that's a general idea of knowing. Right. Right? Now, how much, how little, right? Do you plumb bob? Do you... Do you, you know, viewpoint, whatever. Oh, the game know, within the game. You know, whatever, which one do you use, you know, which, right, however right. you figure it out is your thing. But I'll use the caddy as a local knowledge guy. Aside from uh, Lakeside and Port Valley, is Pebble your favorite course or what's your favorite course? It's definitely one of my favorites, yeah. definitely. I, I, I mean, I love going up there um, and it's, playing. It's heaven. Yeah. What's your, what's the craziest sort of, or like, what's the most wild, you know, because I do adventures in golf. We play golf in strange places around the world. Where's the craziest place you've ever played golf? Um, uh, You're like, I, Bel I mean, Air? I played, I <laughs> <Sorry>. played, <laughs> I played in, in, in India. You did? Yeah. No which way. Which pretty cool. Dude, you're in, a, um, you're in a small club. Where did you play in India? I, I want to hear everything. Uh, I played in um, New Delhi. Royal Delhi. Um, I played oh. the, the 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 main Delhi. The main, club, yeah, the new Whatever. New Delhi Country Club. Yeah. Um, with I the played, little with the with the brown relics all around it. Dude, it was Ancient. the tightest golf course I had ever played in my life. Oh, I want to go play there. So, dude, bad. it was so tight. It was crazy. Um, I've played in. in I Abu snuck Dhabi in, but they wouldn't let me play. Um, that, that's like American crazy, golf, which is which is yes. Wait, you yes. played at like the, the Fazio at the Emirates, course, Emirates. and then I played at uh, the Abu Dhabi uh, golf club. So yeah. those two, but but pretty special when you're playing it there. And pretty special. I, and then I just did the Omega Masters, so I played up in Crans, Montana, Switzerland, which was pretty awesome. Also, uh, didn't you guys have weather there, or was that a different year? Uh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was beautiful when I played. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> they, they might have had some weather like, weather at some point, but when I was there, it was beautiful. My scorecard was fine. <laughs> um, what? Let uh, me get a, a, so many interesting things here. Um, were you there for the uh, the? Um, were you Were you at? Was it Quincy Jones's house? The night that uh, Fresh Prince. Oh no. No. Did you hear the story? Did Will ever tell you this? Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, apparently it happened him. at a party. Yeah, it was like 
Quincy had a party and yeah. Will was there. And, and like, we're doing the show. And we got Sign a great idea. And, yeah. you know, go anyway. in the other room, read the script, you know, kind of deal. And it was uh, Benny Medina and uh, yeah. Jeff Pollock were the the creators of the show. And they had the idea and presented it to Quincy. And then they presented it to Will. So, and then how old were you when... Uh, because America's Funny Some Videos started coming out in... Same time as Fresh Prince. Si- yeah, right? It came out in 89. We started in 90. So it was the same season, same year, calendar right. year. But uh, yeah. And so was it time. Bob... Who did it year one? Bob was it Bob Saget? Saget? It was yeah. Bob Saget. Bob Saget did and it. And have you spent any time with Bob? I've never actually spent... I mean, I think I've met him a couple times, but no, I haven't okay. spent any time with him. I, we've had a few times. He's pretty... Uh, well, anyway, he's not... He's, he's different <laughs> he than you might think. He is who he is. He's different than you might think. Yes. But... Uh, but uh, <laughs> But anyway, I mean, how crazy do, do you do you do you walk into work every day and reflect when you walk into the American Funny Home Video set and you're like, how how I, so because you've straddled so many different things in your career now. You know, I I really do try to live in the present, right? Like I'm not the dude who's thinking about the past, right? Like I don't I don't really ever spend. I mean, I almost no time at all thinking about past. I think I'm very much in the present, um, and so. I don't really do that. What I love is the fact that I go to work and I laugh. I get to go in and laugh every day that I that I'm at work. Um, you know, the when I'm when I'm doing my homework before going in and my kids are on my lap and we're watching the videos together and that's <laughs> you know that's the that's the true enjoyment there. That's the part that Wait, I that that's I'll probably your work. look back on. Your, your work is you hang out with your kids yes. and watch videos that you would probably just watch anyway. Right, but I get to, <laughs> but I, but because I've got to do the voiceover for them. I've got to like watch them first so I know how the joke plays. Right. You know, and I get to do it with my kids on my lap. You know, they don't always want to sit on my lap. They just, right. they, might, they might watch half the episode and then be out. You right. You know, but, um, you know, their attention span ain't that long. But, yeah. uh, you know, at five days. and three, that's not going to happen often. But right. they, they love to just kind of sit there and we'll all laugh together. And, and that's, the, that's why America's Funniest Home Videos continues to be successful. Yeah. You can't replace that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, one bigger question is like, cause I try to think about, um, I mean, I feel like you might've already answered it, but, um, you know, we talked about the swing and the construction mm-hmm. of the swing, but is there, is there another, you know, reason that you, that you sort of have devoted so much of your life to golf? Cause I mean, you got, you got to really like, you, you talked about the money a little bit, but the time, yeah, like the time, like if you look at all the time, like, and the way I look at it for my life is I have devo- straight up devoted my right. life to the game, and and I think I know why, but I I don't really know, and I, and I do know one thing though, whatever reason I may have is probably not forever, and it's definitely not true for everybody. Right. So do you do you have a? It's thing? probably changed a lot. I mean, you you were capable of giving up your membership. Yeah. Right. Like I could never do that. Yeah. Right. Like my passion and love and devotion to that game, I couldn't. I just simply couldn't ever give it up. Like. Yeah. It, you know, I, I I would do I would go to the end of the earth to maintain and be able to do it. Um, I do think about the amount of hours, and if I put that somewhere else, what what would have happened? But every time I think about that, I always come back to the reality that would I be happy putting those hours elsewhere, right? Like, would I be that much more successful in my career if I'd have spent all those hours? working on my career. Well, I always look back and say, wait a minute, I was so good at something, they wouldn't let me continue. <laughs> right. So it ain't about what I can do. It's about other people. It's about other people's control of you. And the reality is, is you have no control over that. So if I would have spent more hours working on something, would I have just been unhappy? I don't know the answer. But I believe that the decision that I made was the right one for me. That the decision to spend my time working on my game and, and, and doing that when I had nothing else to focus on was better for my overall life and my overall health and happiness um, than any other decision that I could have made. I can't think of a question that I can ask you after that. that that's, <laughs> that's a really good uh, that's beautiful, you know, especially because when you look at, um, you know, probably I, I would like to think that hopefully your involvement in the game, as the as the way I like to look at my involvement in the game, mm-hmm. is not not being a stereotypical golfer for myself. Absolutely, I would like to think that hopefully a few people would uh, try it 
because now golf is different than when you started. It's Absolutely. a bit more polarized. Completely different game. Especially with our, you know, the, the, the financial thing changing, pol- politics coming Absolutely. into play. A lot of people don't like golf. Well, I think they don't like what golf represented, mm. right? Not what it represents. And the game no longer is an elitist club, right? You have the first tee, right? You have ways for um, people who are underprivileged to be a part of a game that is special. Don't get me wrong. It's still a privileged game. Yeah. But the they've recognized that they've got to open that door and they're doing it with open arms and without a a a you know a fight yeah everybody in the game whether they came from privileged or didn't re- recognizes that they have to open that door to everyone and they not only do it they're happy to do it and they want to do it and they want to see people play the game that they love because anybody who truly loves golf gets that right if you don't understand that then you don't love the game yeah if you love it you want to share that with everybody you can't help it everybody to know that feeling yeah you know and i think that that the game is is in a is in a it's in a good place it's about to get better i think with with all of the world i think it's it's growing and i think tiger coming back just for this little period of time like we don't know how much longer we're gonna have but what he did was he gave a passion back to the fan base that forgot how great he was. That, that 18th hole on oh. Sunday at East Lake only showed how great he was to the, to the game. And I think the perspective of this younger generation, they now understand it not just from the history books, mm, not yeah. from looking back. Not from being told. Or, they got to experience it. Did you cry? I didn't cry, but boy, I was happy. I was happy. <laughs> Did you? See, you saw him cry, him. right? You saw him yeah. almost cry. Absolutely. That was he, big. He, he he had a. <laughs> yeah. He was looking out over like the out over the uh, yeah. the plane window. If I, if I look at the sun, they won't blame me for my <laughs> eyes watering. <laughs> if I just pretend, yeah. you know he. But yeah. but I mean, you know, the idea of what he went through to get there. You know, to get all the way back to the finish line um, was special. It was special for the game. It was special for people like myself who are fans of the game, fans of Tiger. Um, you know, but I'm also, I was equally happy that my boy Justin Rose became number one in the world the same love day. Love Rosie. Right? Like Rosie and I are buddies. I talk to yeah. Rosie all the time and give him the love. And, and so it was like a very special day yeah. because it was, it was two great things happening at the same time. You know, I, I'm trying to end this, man. I'm trying to end this <laughs> podcast, but you keep you keep like so. Craig T. Nelson is one of my one of my closest okay, friends, yep. and we met at the Power Shares a couple of years ago. We got okay. paired up together, and he's taught me a lot in my life mm-hmm. about a lot of things. And um, I told him that I didn't, I, that this was about a year ago. I was at his house. We would we'd go to hang out every Sunday at his house, and I say, "Yeah, I just don't really like. I don't. I don't know. I have a problem with Tiger." I have a problem with Tiger. Well, I started playing golf seven years ago, okay. so I was post. You were post Tiger. Yeah, I was post Tiger. Right. And I was like, I got a problem with Tiger. And he was like, he sort of squinted at me, and he was like, What's your problem with Tiger? Yeah, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm interested now to know what, <laughs> what could have been your problem with Tiger. I think but, I made a friend with you, and then I lost a friend. No, no. Just in no, this no. one hour. Because um, I think, I think I, you're saying you had. I've changed my mind. I, that's why I think we're good still. I've now <laughs> seen the sun. Right. I cried when he won, and right. and I hated. I did, I had a problem with him because I judged his personal life. Right. And I know a lot of other people did, and mm-hmm. a lot of other people who my I don't wife did. I don't know. That's what I was going to ask. Is, my wife is, did. did you or did you know anybody? I would assume your wife did. Yeah, she hated Tiger. And what do you do with that? Because you're watching TV on Sunday and you want to tell your son about him. Man, I'm watching Tiger. You don't like what I'm watching? Go in the other room. Yeah. There I'm are many Tiger. TVs in this house. We got we got 17 TVs, bro. <laughs> okay, I got I got I got a I got a wall full of TVs. I got, you if you don't like what I'm watching, you can go somewhere else. I'm watching Tiger. You say what you want to say. Um, but you how know, do you? Ra- but when you're in bed at night and you're going to bed, and she's like, "How do you deal with it? Do listen, you do you have a way?" Here here's my reality, and I've said this, and she understands this. I think now she just does it to rib me a little bit, <laughs> but I'm like. Do you feel like everyone has a right to our personal life? Yeah, okay. No. Because I'm a public figure too. 
right? Like, if I say something, I haven't, but if I did, and people want to attack me for it, you know who I am. Hmm. Whether I'm a good guy or not, it doesn't matter. It's my life. It's not my job. My yeah. job is what you get, what, I, what he does, you know, Thursday through Sunday. That's his job. Yo, he messed up in his personal life. And he would agree. I mean, he's the first to, to agree. And in some ways it makes he was it... the first to agree, he, but, but... He was the third or fourth. He hasn't fully acknowledged it, but we won't digress. Um, but it's not, it, it's not why I like him. It's actually... But it, for me, it is why I like him now. Because I've made a lot of mistakes in my life that are right. huge, that I regret, whatever. But I can see now have ultimately led me to a place where it's like, oh, wow, I, I, I have learned so much, got that out of the way. And now when I look at Tiger, I see a guy who's like way more compelling. Oh, well, there's no question there. He is the he is the most interesting time in 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 his life is right now. Right now, like it it he is he has changed the David. way we see the game and the way we see him. We can right? say hello. Like, what's up, baby? We're in, we're in his office anyway. <laughs> um, but we, we're done in a second. But that's what that's the change, yeah. right? But realistically, go ahead. Um, realistically, what it is is that it's I loved him. For what he did on on the golf course. Yeah. That's it. It had nothing to do with his personal life. I don't know his kids. I know his wife. I don't know their relationship. I don't care. Right. I just want you to be great on that golf course. I want you to entertain me. Yeah. Just like I said, we all do. We're all entertainers. Entertain me. And you know what? There was nobody better at entertaining on a golf course than Tiger Woods. Well, you've entertained me and my mom and dad listening to the podcast and hopefully a couple other people. <laughs> I really appreciate your time, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.